Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, g'day, it is a day today. It ends in why. <laughs> How are you listeners? What's happening in tradies in business land? Wasn't Nick coming at you? Another episode. Cool episode today, Coxie. Oh, I am so pumped for this episode. I just know how much value there is in this, not only for our listeners today, I think there's a lot of value in today's episode for our guest. Yes. It's interesting. We have, uh, we have a few uh, of our clients and members and just trade business owners on the show. Uh, and it's, well, I don't know if it's amazing, Coxie, but it's... Um, it's heartwarming, actually, mm. the number of them that go away from the show with a positive experience, you know? It's like mm. sharing their story is somehow therapeutic. Uh, Extremely so. Yes. So uh, we do have a, a beautiful guest on today in uh, Amy Jones from Touchwood Trees or Touchwood Tree Services. Touchwood Tree Services. Tree Services. Yeah. I should get the name right. You should, um, really. But Amy and Brendan are long-term members and clients. Uh, Amy's an avid listener of the podcast, so uh, they are drawing board members. Um, but uh, Amy, well, we kind of volunteered her to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, with a great big hook, and we kind of just dropped it in our lap yesterday. And... <laughs> By the way, we've booked you in for a recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did say I could do it at some time, so yeah. it's done, Amy, and it's all over. So hopefully she listens to this, um, but fantastic story. Like uh, these guys really do epitomize the journey of so many of our tradies in business that are, you know, hardworking families, small business owners, um, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And mm. it's so fantastic to, see what they've achieved and, um, and especially see how Amy as the, the tradie wife has really stepped up and stepped out um, and yet still has so much doubt about herself. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was really great to hear her share some of her insights and, uh, and knowledge bombs. And I wrote half a page of notes as she was speaking today. So <laughs> I know you're going to get heaps out of this episode, whether you're a husband or a wife, it doesn't really matter. I think um, there's some fantastic learnings in here and, and, and it's just a fantastic story. Uh, mm. and, and you'll hear some of the big goals that they've achieved, which uh, certainly makes Coxie and I feel all warm and fuzzy here at Tradies in Business. Might bring along the tears sometimes, but they're happy tears. And I, I did, like happy tears. I did get a bit misty-eyed at the end, mm, Coxie. Same. It's very sweet. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go blow my nose uh, and dry the, <laughs> uh, the leaky face. And let you enjoy this episode with Amy from Touchwood Tree Services. Enjoy. Righto. So we are joined today by Amy Jones from Touchwood Trees. And we've got Coxie here. 
Hello. How are we all this fine day? Day. I really want to say it's Tuesday, but you might be listening on a Friday or a Thursday or a Monday. It's a day and it ends in Y and uh, Amy does not end in Y. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) We have a lot of Amys in our community. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's our Our pleasure. pleasure. We're very excited to have you, Amy. My wife's name is Amy, so this is not going to get weird at all. Uh, <laughs> so if I start asking you if you've ironed my shirts or something, you know what's going on. The answer is no. I haven't ironed anything. <laughs> Don't worry. Worrying saying he wouldn't have ironed his shirts either. Oh, oh fun fact. Do you yes. know that uh, my wife, Amy, actually spontaneously chose to iron my shirts recently? Was she cranky? Or <laughs> trying to get she some frustration worried. out with that thing? He was worried that she wasn't going to do it good enough oh. because I'm very particular. I was like, honey, like if you're going to iron my shirts, I'm hardly going to complain about it. I'm going to be honest. I would never touch your iron or iron your shirts. No way. I'm sure it wouldn't be good enough. Even if I used my military precision, I'm pretty sure that I would manage to be wrong. I reckon we should move on from the shirt ironing, yes, Amy. <laughs> uh, but, but it's an interesting Chucky Norris segue here on the Tradies and Business Podcast. There's always one. Um, and it's around the roles that, that uh, wives play. And I know we have a number of conversations in our groups. And uh, Amy, I th- I'm pretty sure... Um, we've chatted with you about it on and off through groups and board meetings and all sorts of stuff, but just the role of the tradie wife and how tricky that can be. What's your position title at Touchwood Trees? At the moment, it's business manager. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it, it never really was anything before that though. I was just... I don't know. We started our business together. It's not my husband's business. It's our business. But at the same time, I never gave myself credit anywhere. I was just the one that did the the stuff in the background. Mm. So that's changing. Yes, it is changing and vastly and very quickly, actually. It's going on warp speed, I would say. But I want to probably delve into that a little bit. It is really common. I was the same, even though um, the builder and I started our business together, it was still his in my head. It's not the way he saw it, but in my head, it was very much his. And I discredited my knowledge or um, my skill set that I could bring to the table. And I didn't I guess, get involved in the beginning like I like I had plenty of opportunity to do. I just chose not to because I very much saw it as his and I was just the support rather than actually being a business owner. Yes. And I remember some of the early conversations that we had with you where I feel like you were thinking very much the same. Would that be a fair statement? Definitely. Like I said, I've always said it's our business, but I never felt like it was. Like I, I was always the support. Yes. role I think to to Brendan so yeah it is definitely how I felt was uh when did that change Amy probably when I started working with you guys <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent answer we like that answer now hang on hang on was that a good thing that it changed yes yeah okay <laughs> yes it has added more workload to me but um I'm sorry no but, that's good but not sorry <laughs> 
So what can you talk our listeners through, uh, I guess that, that change, like what, what um, brought that about and how has that actually benefited you guys in your marriage and also in your business? Yeah, that's a fun, like, it's benefited us like in our marriage more so than I thought that it would. Mm. Um, yeah. Like I found I always sort of sat back because I didn't want to uh, step on his toes mm-hmm. or overtake like us women can sometimes do. So I sort of went the opposite and did nothing so that I didn't feel like I was encroaching on his ground. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. So then once I started working with you guys, we sort of swung that around a little bit and um, we had more open conversations about the fact that he actually did need help because and boys don't, don't admit that. <laughs> no, they don't. I think that's an excellent point that you raised. Not only do they not admit it, sometimes they don't actually even know how to articulate the fact that they're feeling overwhelmed and they could do with some help. Exactly. And that's what I found. Like Brendan never asked for help because that, you know, it was his job to provide. Yeah. And, you know, he just kept plugging on doing his job. I had no idea how stressed he was with everything that he needed to do. And all, all I was worried about was not stepping on his toes. So yeah. once I did sort of step up and start taking over a few little things, I noticed a change in him. Hmm. And so then I started taking over more. And then, as you know, once we, um, we had that conversation with you guys about handing me his phone, and I didn't think that he would ever do that because, you know, it's his phone and mm-hmm. he's the business sort of thing. Hmm. But he just did it. He <laughs> just went, yep, okay, here it is. And we've never looked back. I'm so damn excited to have you on the show today because I think that the most important thing that I want, particularly women, but men to hear, maybe the, our male listeners will pass it on to their partners who are sort of sitting in the business on the fringe and they would like them to get more involved. This is a great episode for you to hear how you can get more involved and the benefits as we've spoken about just briefly. I, the, the most exciting thing for me initially was the change I saw in your confidence levels to make some of these decisions around how you could get involved. But actually the real flip side to that was the change of Brendan has been enormous to the point of handing over his phone. And this was very early on in our journey. You, I'm sure you were only working with us for about four, maybe six months at that point to be able to um, give it the phones are such a crux for the male tradie business owners to be able to hand that over, trusting that you know what you're doing, trusting that you've built the systems to cope with the calls that come and to relieve him of that stress has just been remarkable that he was able to let go of that control because you stepped up to the plate and were able to put the systems in place to ensure that you could capture everything that needed to be captured. Yes. And, um, yeah, we did. We just did. We, I think when we when we signed up to the drawing board, I sort of had this in my head that we're going to try scary things, mm. and this year was going to be a year of doing things differently. And what was the worst that could happen? It, it didn't work, and we had to go back. So I had never done the phones before because I don't know his trade. Mm. So you know, I'm just a stay at home mum, as I've always <laughs> put it. But I found just putting those scripts in place. People want to talk to somebody. They don't care whether I can answer them on the spot. They want to talk to a person, not get an answering machine. So I can have that quick conversation with them, get all the details we need, and then Brendan can call them back with the answers later. Mm. So, and then not 
to mention the stress that he's not listening to his phone ring all day and can't answer it because he's busy or, you know, that stress as well. So, yeah, let's not forget he's up the top of a tree. And my goodness, I watch your social media. Those trees are very tall and very scary. And the last thing you'd want to be doing is listening to the phone ring and not concentrating on the job at hand because, you know, there's all that pressure down there waiting for you when you get down the tree. That's incredibly stressful. A big change for both of you. Mm. Yes. And, yeah, and he has changed. He's sort of accepted it. And, and yeah, we're just, we're both running with it now. And he's loving it to tell you the truth. So what, um, how's that opened things up in the business? I mean, that's a bit of a leading question, but making that change, like what else have you seen flow on from that, Amy? Um, I think because we've worked on our sales process this year with you guys too, I think it's like a mixture of both of them together. It's not one on its own. Um, but yeah, we, we did the sales process. So, oh, I, don't, I think it's opened up. Um, Brendan can talk to me now about mm. things as well. Um, so we sort of have more the process in place now rather than just, oh, oh, I think I had something to tell you today. It's, you know, everything's there and it has given Brendan the opportunity to be able to, I understand a bit more now, I think. So he can talk to me about what's going on in the business. It's like, it's like breaking the seal, you know, it's, it's, uh, you get that one change and then that's like, oh, well, we can do this. Have you, have you noticed at all that Brendan's actually being proactive about handing anything over? You know, I know you've sort of said, well, I'm taking the phone and he went, yep. Okay. Uh, but, but is there things where he's, I guess, looking at it more and perhaps delegating to you or you know, starting to proactively shift things? Yeah, definitely. I think he's seen that I can cope with the stuff now. Um, and yet he does. He he will just straight away go, can you do this? Or can you do that? Or this person called me, can you get back to them? And yeah, he's more than happy to hand it over now. <laughs> it's amazing why the way one small change can make the whole communication better. And I know from my own experience, um, that did ebb and flow. I have to be very honest. Uh, my ability to effectively communicate and the builder's ability to effectively communicate, but it did open up that communication in a in a totally new way um, that actually really positively affected our relationship as well, and even our parenting, our ability to parent. Because it's kind of like you're unlocking the key to being able to ask for what you need, explain the way you're feeling. Um, talk about an issue pragmatically instead of emotionally. All of that stuff starts to shift once we learn how to take that first step and say, you know what, I'm not actually coping or, you know what, I really need some support here. Um, do you find that that unlocking that key with Brendan has meant that you guys are talking more freely um, in your marriage as a couple and as parents with your children? Is that really starting to open up all of those areas as well? Oh, totally. And I think that's where I've enjoyed the biggest change is that Brendan is a typical man who doesn't talk about anything because, you know, they're men. Um, but yeah, he does talk now. We both communicate better with each other. We don't have as many, as many like yelling matches because we can actually have a conversation. So now when I say to him, you know, that something needs to be done or this has gone wrong, he's not looking at it as me attacking him anymore. Mm. And I don't know if I've changed the way I'm speaking to him, 
or he's changed the way he's hearing what I'm saying. But either way, I think they've both changed a little bit. Mm. And so now it doesn't end up in a, oh, well, you know, it's all my fault and you're blaming me. It is, okay, well, there's a problem. How do we fix it? So it, it has totally changed the way we communicate and we've had far less fights. I mean, not that we fought a lot, but, you know, it was more the when you did say something about the business, it was like it was a personal attack and we've taken that out now and it's no longer a personal attack. It's just this is this is what it is and we need to come to a solution. So, mm. yeah, that's definitely. That's a big thing for a lot of guys as Coxie does a happy dance in, uh, in her studio there. <laughs> um, I think it's a big thing for a lot of guys is uh, they try so damn hard to do it right and then to be questioned on it, it's almost like they feel like um, they just can't do enough mm. and they're already at capacity. And despite the fact that, you know, most wives are just trying to help, you know, they want to support their men and we, we have had them on the show. We hear from them as clients and members. And it's like we get as outsiders what wives are trying to do, but, there's some weird, uh, you know, disconnect between the two, as you've said, Amy, where it's perceived by the the guy usually as, as a personal slight, you know, a personal attack. Um, so it, it's interesting. And, and I, I wish we could put our finger on what changes, you know, like you said, don't, you're not sure if, if uh, Brendan's, listening differently, <laughs> receiving the message differently, or if you're sending it differently, I'd probably, I'd probably run a theory up the flagpole and say it's a bit of both. Um, Definitely. Because of the clarity around the business relationship versus the personal relationship. And that's a question I want to ask you about that is how does the business personal life run now in terms of that segregation between the two compared to previously? Um, it's still meshes too much. <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no defined sort of work and, and personal. I don't know that there ever will be when you run a business as a, like a husband and wife. Uh, but we, I think we work with it a little bit better. And I think he sees what I do now as different. Um, not that he ever thought that I didn't do anything, mm. but I think now like he's actually changed the way he talks and he'll say, oh, what did you do today? Did you work? Whereas there would never have been the work in there before. So I think he can see what I do now is work. Mm. So, you know, after I generally sort of do a bit of work in the afternoons and like around bedtime and stuff for the kids. And he sort of is happy to step in now while I, yeah, he can sort of see that that's my work time. Whereas his work time is when he's on the job. Sometimes my work time is he needs to step in and take over with the kids. And Mm. yeah, that's cool. We're, we're still definitely working on the downtime from, from work, but um, because I have the phone now, like, you know, there is times where it won't get answered through dinner time and, you know, I'll put it on silent and I'll bring them back if it's something that, you know, is more important at the time. It's great. I think uh, women tend to do a better job of that than men. Sorry, I'm going to really come in with the heavy stereotypical conversation very sexist also today but i do i feel like um particularly tradie men they're real they're they're people pleasers they're they're very much in their businesses to fix problems and to make sure people are happy 
and whatever's going on is right or fixed mm. or unbroken. Mm. And so I feel like then that, that culminates into a lot of pressure to answer the phone during dinner time or on a Sunday afternoon or during time with the kids where you've all promised that we weren't going to touch the phone. Um, I feel that's a real challenge for the males generally, but women seem to be able to create that priority, create that time and that space um, where necessary. So it's a great benefit for your family in terms of handing the phone over. And one I'm sure nobody thought about when we're poking you all to give the phone over to Amy. I'm sure that it was never considered for a minute that the, the benefit there might actually be that family time can be more family orientated. It is actually just about the people in the room. You can be present there rather than worrying about the phone calls that are coming in. Is Brennan going to answer it? You know, that dread when the phone mm. actually rings, that, that chime. So, I, you know, they're just some small changes can have massive impacts on the rest of our lives. And I actually feel I'd really like to talk about your sales process and how much work you've done on that. And the small changes, it's a big sales process. It's very robust. You've worked very, very hard on it. But it's been the small changes as you've gone on that have made the biggest change as you've worked through that. Do you want to talk us through some of those changes that you've made to your process? Yeah. So the sales process, when you guys first mentioned that back at the start, it was the last thing I thought that I was going to be working on when I signed up. Like, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, the big stuff. That's what your head's telling you that business is about the big stuff. Mm. And when we started with the sales process, I'm like, oh, okay. It's the, it has been the biggest change we've made but it's been a slow change made up of small changes along the way. So it's taken this, what, six months mm. to implement the new one. But I think it's worked because I did it one email at a time. Yes. I just did, I didn't just go, all right, here's a new sales process and we have to just implement this entire thing now. We just changed one thing and we added that, that extra email at the beginning. Um, and then once I got that okay, then I added the next one and then slowly, like I said, it felt like it took me forever to get there. But now that we're there and that we've done it in the small steps, it has, it has made probably the biggest difference overall. Like we're getting so many people comment on our sales process and how much they've loved our communication. Like, and we get people email us, like, you know, as you know, we got somebody knock back a quote and then sent me an email giving me positive feedback, it just, that quote genuinely came down to cost and they couldn't afford to pay the extra, but they're still recommending us to other people based on our sales process. Might be time to look at getting afterpay or something, Amy, so you can pick up those people without the cash. I have considered that. <laughs> that can be in your next board meeting goals. Yes. So how have you kept the, I guess, you know, maybe moving away a little from the relationship stuff and, and giving up the phone and that clarity in the roles. But I just wanted to pick up on that whole thread of doing little bits and little things, you know, one email at a time, just adding those little bits. I mean, you had no sales process before. And now when you look at it, um, you guys have got like this flagship that uh, we unashamedly trot out to other members as an example of what they should be aspiring to. <laughs> um, how do you, you manage that thought process of this isn't going to do anything? Like I'm sending an email out to people. How's this going to change anything? Did you have those thoughts and, and how did you actually 
deal with that as you've gone along? Honestly, I think I knew that it would make a difference. Like I really did believe that it would make a difference. It was just that it was never important enough, I think, um, because we get so caught up in the day-to-day returning this phone call and doing that, that, yeah, we didn't put away the time to do the things that were actually important. They just weren't urgent. Mm. So, yeah, like I said, I do believe that it was important at the start. I think there's a great point you make. Um, We get so busy being busy and doing the things, we forget about the stuff that needs to be done to ensure that it's done well. And I know myself, even my own business experience, um, working in pharmacy was very different because you transition into the role of managing the pharmacy or managing the pharmacy group or the section or whatever it might be. So there's a clearly defined path to follow. It's all there for you. It's like following the bouncing ball. When we go into businesses for ourselves, if we don't have that business training, and not many of us do, there are no bouncing balls to follow. So we don't really know what to do. And we think, okay, well, it's not really important to have a sales process. The phone's ringing. I've got clients. I'm making money. I don't need to worry about it. But we don't think, I guess, about what we're potentially losing by not having these things in place. And most business owners get to a point where they're ready to have some growth within their business, whether that means growth in terms of profitability or growth in terms of actually growing the business to a larger size with a team. Um, Either way, that's fine, but we need to have thought about those things that we deem to be maybe important, but not urgent or less important at all. They need to be in place for that to facilitate that growth. And so something as simple as the sales process, you haven't just worked on your sales process, actually then, dovetailed into some other areas that you needed to work on, like getting the phone handed over so that Brendan could be more productive in what he's doing or understanding your roles and what you want the business to look like moving forward. There's a lot more. We start sometimes with what we think are small basic tasks, but they actually lead into lots of other small changes that make a huge swell of difference at the end. Can you think of um, within the sales process, like I just referenced with the telephone, are there other areas that that sort of tipped into change, even in the way you're thinking about moving forward on some of the stuff you'd like to change up the business with your systems? Um, I was just thinking about something and I've totally lost. (laughs) Well, you guys are working really hard at the moment on um, changing the qualifications that we have for Brendan and you also worked really hard on... (laughs) your training model for your apprentice and what that's going to look like now that you um, have some of this awareness around technology that's come through doing the sales process, et cetera. So I feel like that's changed a lot for you. Yes. Um, Our training, you know, like all of that kind of, like every step of the way it opened up so many rabbit holes of, Oh, I could do this. I could do that. Automating emails. Um, yeah, like our, our training, getting the procedures in place to train our staff and and then ultimately run the business eventually with all the little mini procedures to run the day-to-day running of the business. Um, I've still lost the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big week. There has been so many positive yeah. changes. Um, like there really has. Um, how, how have you guys managed the distraction? Just speaking of being distracted about things, but, uh, <laughs> guys are really good at butterflies. Does, does Brendan do that? Is he like, Oh, I've got this idea. Or, oh, let's do this. Cause I know there's some really cool video stuff happening 
when we first started working with you, has there, has there been a shift in the way you approach what you work on? I mean, do you sit down and talk about it in a planned, structured way now versus just kind of doing stuff before or is it still largely the same? What's happening for you guys now? Well, I'm the queen of distraction. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, before it was almost like, oh, we could do this or we could do that, but it never eventuated into anything. Whereas now we can sit there and throw out some ideas but then put them in writing and actually go, radio. well, this one here, let's work on that one next. And that's what we've, like with our sales process, we worked on the sales process and we got that sort of done. And then once we got to the end of that, we're like, radio. now what should we go, go with next? And then we started with the procedures, but we do sort of sit there. We still get distracted and we can flip between things because sometimes things come up that are actually more important than what we were working on. So we're still sort of flexible in that sense that, you know, life can throw you lemons sometimes and you've just got yep. to roll with it. But, yeah, we do tend to sort of focus on one thing now and getting that. And, um, yeah, once we've sort of gotten to the end of that, then we'll start on the next thing. I want to pick up on life throwing you lemons because, yes, life's <laughs> thrown you a few lemons this year, but it's also thrown you a big-ass juicy peach. It do you has- want to tell us about your big-ass juicy peach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, last year I... I said to Brendan, um, you know, we're going to buy our house. And he's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, we're going to work at this and we are going to buy a house and this is how we're going to do it. And we bought our first home last week. Yeah. So um, we're waiting <laughs> to move in. But, yes, we made, made it and we bought our first home. So Incredibly so exciting awesome. time. Yeah. Yeah. And to do it self-employed, I just, it's just made it that much sweeter like you know we've we've done it the hard way Mm. and being self-employed makes everything harder when it comes to finance and and all that and we're completely self-employed and managed to Mm. to buy our first home leads me into um sorry work where that's really going for me and that is about goals right making goals and then working towards your goals it's a lot of what we do here at tradies and business how has structuring working towards your goals changed up what you're able to achieve again i think it started with the small stuff Mm. you know like changing the sales process like putting that little goal in place of let's just do this or moving brendan from a paper diary to a calendar which he dug his heels in for 12 months beforehand until one day he went yeah okay i'll just do it Mm. and then setting those little goals and achieving them was like oh oh that we did that let's set a bigger one I said a bigger one and you know it was to pay off the machinery so we paid off our all our machinery this year and saved the house deposit so it did it made that big goal that little bit easier because we'd smashed the little goals and realized that it is doable and then once you get in that headspace of yeah I can do this it's it just keeps dominoing and you just want bigger I love it Mm. yeah um, I would really like to ask a couple of questions around the whole structure of the board because I know it was really a big thing for you when you first came in. So I probably want to talk about um, a couple of different arms in that. One, what's it like being in the board? But also I want to talk about uh, it must have been, and I'm sure we've had conversations around this. I know it was nerve-wracking for you to join the board, but doing it yourself without Brendan there with you week on week, I think it's a bit of a a common misconception that you need 
um, both of you in the room for the change to happen. And yep, ideally that would be fantastic, but it's not always possible. So I'd really love to hear your experience around um, the thoughts in the beginning of you actually doing it on your own and whether that meant that you could impact the change and then understanding what's it like being part of a group. Okay. So back at the start, as you know, I was so nervous about starting. Like I, again, set myself goals this year to step outside my comfort zone and do things that scare me. Uh, So then when I had that conversation with you about joining the board, I didn't want to do it. And then I'm like, no, stop, just do it, jump in. What's the worst that can happen? And I knew that Brendan wouldn't do it. It's, you know, not that he doesn't want to improve, like, because he does. It's just that it's not his thing. Like, to, he's probably more nervous than me. Mm. But I did know that if I started to learn new things, that he would get on board with me. Mm-hmm. So I probably, um, it's sort of good because we have that relationship where we both know our strengths. So generally, you know, if somebody calls, you know, for something business related, he literally will just say, talk to the wife. Like, mm. And then, you know, with the mortgage stuff, like everything sort of, I'll get my head around stuff and then I'll pass that on to him and then we can sort of talk about it together. So I found that this has actually been good with me doing it because I've done the hard work, like, and learnt the stuff and then passing on to Brendan the bits that I know that he can he can change and he can do so that I'm not overwhelming him in the meeting Mm. with too much. He's only getting the bits that he needs. So um, I did, I did find at the beginning, I'm like, Oh, will he change? Like, you know, I'm learning this and I'm like, you know what, just do it. He's either going to step up or he won't. And he did Mm. totally stepped up and trusted everything that I told him. Um, and I think, you know, that comes back to he trusted you guys as well. So he trusted that the information that I was getting was going to be right. And then once he saw the first few times that he trusted it and it worked, I think that trust was just unconditional now. It's just, oh, wasn't Nick said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could do that in my own marriage or, or with my children. <laughs> Mum said, yep, okay, we'll do it. No worries. Yeah, 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 that's yeah right. if you ever find a way with the kids, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a new podcast and, a, and yeah. another group and everything. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm suitably qualified to uh, give advice around that though. I am not. I can say with absolute surety. Um, I'm keen. So for a lot of people we talk to, um, and we've had some fantastic insights recently from one of our Tradypreneur members who really had a lot of anxiety about um, joining us in coaching one-on-one. And then we do do some group stuff within the one-on-one program as well. And that was really challenging for him to, um, I guess, put his hand up and say, yeah, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I have heard the same sort of feedback from a lot of people prior to joining a board. Um, they feel like it's going to be scary and challenging and it gives them, you know, uncomfortable feelings. Was it like that for you in the beginning? How has that changed? What does that look like for you now? I was terrified at the start because I've been listening to the podcast for ages. I'd been in the trade desk for a long time. And to me, everybody that was on the podcast, like, you know, there's quite been quite a few guests that you guys have worked with. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could get to their level one day. Like, Mm -hmm. I really wish I could get to their level. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to work with you guys. Again, that was one of my goals at the start of this year was to 
do a bit of work with you guys. But I had to wait until I was good enough to get there, if you know what I mean. It's like cleaning the house before the cleaner comes. I know. I didn't feel like I was ready to work with you guys, that I was at the level needed. And so I just kept putting it off. But then once I, I did jump in, like, again, I was terrified that I was going to be joining a board with big business people. Like, and I think it was Mitch Kelly in his podcast mentioned that his thoughts on business were, you know, men in business suits, mm. you know, and then he's like, no, once you're in there, it's like, they're just other people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not, they're not what you perceive in your head. And yeah, once I did join the board, you guys put me in an awesome board and I was comfortable straight away and realized that they were all just like me. All of us are the same. Some of us may be better at some things than others, but we all are struggling. And if we're not struggling with that one thing at that time, we have struggled with it already. And that, that was massive to realize that I wasn't alone. And I never believed I was lonely before. Mm. You know, you talk a lot about, you know, being lonely in business. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not lonely. It wasn't until I joined that board where I went, oh, yeah, maybe I was, but it, like it, I couldn't articulate that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, realising that I was just like everybody else on that board was really good. Yeah, I've, I really, one of my most favourite things actually about boards are the way everybody's really scared in the beginning and by the end of the first month they're they're starting to establish small connections with the other board members and within three months I can't shut everybody up because they're too busy catching up about what they did on the weekend and where the kids are at and then we finally get on to business you know it's 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 incredible to see what that power of connection can do within the group in terms of being able to share some of those terrifying things you know we we uncover some pretty big stuff in our meetings and having the confidence in your board members to know they're also there to support you it's not just about what Warwick and I can bring it's about what you all bring to one another um, is amazing to watch from our point of view from our perspective to see how you all grow together and then establish these fantastic relationships so you've now moved on to a different board but you still have a very close relationship with that those original board members which extends throughout everything that we do you guys are still in regular contact you're still supporting one another um, you now, you're very much a leader. I know that you don't feel that way in yourself yet. Definitely not. <laughs> you're very much a leader in what we do in our programs. And a lot of people are looking to you for your support, guidance and friendship. And the change for me in you this year has been absolutely mind-blowing. You've reduced me to tears several times because I'm so damn proud, oh, both of it. you and Brendan. But you've worked really hard to lead Brendan through the changes he has to make. And what you don't see now is that you are that leader within the group and there are many people looking to you for what you've done, where you've come from, and to learn how they can do that in their own businesses. So for me, that's very much my favourite part of the groups. Would you agree, Warren? Do you enjoy that part as well? Oh, absolutely. It's the, the way, you know, it's like seeing opposing sporting teams actually do those things on the field where, you know, they'll, I don't know, help a a competitor. And, and it's almost like, it seems like, hang on, what they're supposed to be competitors. And I think business has this adversarial nature to it. So to see business people actually openly giving and sharing and encouraging beyond just the structured work that we do in the actual board sessions or in our coaching sessions. Um, 
I think that's, it almost restores my faith in humanity, <laughs> but, um, but I think it shows the true nature of, of small business owners. Uh, and, you know, I saw some stats recently that small business or small to medium enterprises, it's usually defined SMEs employ something like 90% of Australians, despite the fact that we all think of employees being employed by the big corporates. Most employees work for Brendan and Amy Jones you know, they work for family businesses, smaller businesses. Um, so it's really cool to see that banding together almost. Uh, and, and I don't think you can put a price on that. You know, it's, it, it brings a whole lot more stuff to the table than just working on your marketing plan or your sales process. Totally. And that's something that I didn't think that I would get out of this was, you know, I was signing up to business coaching with business coaches I didn't sort of think about, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I didn't think about like how much value I was going to get from the other guys. Like, and yeah, I, I have formed relationships specifically with the girls Mm. in the first board that I was in. And, you know, we now chat privately as well. And, you know, about personal stuff, we chat about business stuff. Then when I was, put into the other board again I went straight back to shitting myself because I was terrified (laughs) who was I getting put with and but again it just I don't know what I was worried about everything everybody got along everybody I love that you were talking about something and then yeah one of the other guys I have a turn and then they're like oh wow I didn't know I needed to know that yeah like so you end up like with a big list because something that somebody else is doing is relevant but you would never have asked that question in the first place. Mm. But now you have the information. And I found that with both boards is that you, you got something out of everybody. We're all working at different places and our businesses are all really different. But you, you got something out of every session from everybody. Like, you know, it wasn't just you guys teaching. You know, we were all teaching each other. And, and I loved that. Mm. Amy, I, I want to just go back as I do in these episodes to something you said earlier about getting ready for working with us. You know, you had to go and do all this work to get ready to work with us, which um, is a pretty common scenario. And, and uh, I've done some um, like fitness training and coaching over the years as well at a personal interest. And it just blows my mind the number of people that won't join a gym until they're fit enough to go to the gym. I'm like, but that's why you join is to get fit and they're like yeah no there's no way i could come yet i gotta go home and do some stuff so i can get fit enough to come and get fit and and it's the same with this with working with a business mentor or coach and joining these programs it just fascinates me that whole concept of getting ready what the question i want to ask is around what are some of the markers of being ready to be coached or being ready to work on your business i mean what sort of things or what sort of areas did you feel like weren't up to scratch? I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was ready to play the big game yet. Like I, you get this vision in your head of what a business owner is and it doesn't feel like me. It's, you know, the man in the suit. It's, yeah. it's not me. And I didn't feel like, um, well, it's good enough. But yeah, I just, I felt way out of my depth and that I needed to, yeah, up my game before I came in 
and I don't know, I think it's that being vulnerable. Nobody likes to be vulnerable and be the new person and be the learner. Like, yeah, you know, it's because everybody's looking at you. Everybody. <laughs> I think, you know, the more, the more into social media and, and stuff people get, I think nobody gives a shit about anybody these days. Nobody notices anybody but themselves anyway, these days. It's <laughs> a good point. So, um, yeah, like it was, it was Nick who just pushed me over that. Just do it. And, um, yeah, and then you do, you get in there and you went, oh, all these people are learning the same things. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't, you know, I think it goes back to that vulnerability. Nobody will admit that they're not good at things or that they don't know everything. Mm-hmm. We put on this front that everything's great when it's not, we're all learning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've worked with some businesses that have been in business for a long time that are still learning. And I'm like, oh, oh so you're just as scared as I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I just Still. don't think we see that. I think because we all just see the front that everybody puts on mm-hmm. that we think that we have to be that level when in actual fact it, it's just a front from everybody. Yeah, totally is. Do you think that's one of the issues with um, tradie men, you know, with trade business owners uh, where, where the guy is is the front man? Do you think it's that? need to be seen to have everything sorted otherwise i don't know some negative connotation comes from that i know i'm asking a leading question there amy but what are your thoughts on that i think so i think it's just a man thing in general is that you know society has built men to believe that they have to provide and they you know they have to be the alpha and you know if they don't that you're a failure which is garbage because i don't personally know anybody who believes it Mm -hmm. But society has made it, you know, the same as women. Women are meant to, you know, fill a certain role. And, again, don't know anybody that believes it. Mm. We, it's just in our heads. It's stories that we've been told over the years. But, yeah, I do. I think they need to, um, yeah, they, to have that perception of they're doing well. And, again, because nobody talks about their failures. So, mm. you know, we're, we're all sort of living to everybody else's highlight reel. Which is, I think, the problem. And it's a heck of a shame because if if we heard more of the the skinned knees and the bruised elbows in life from other people, you know, where they've fallen down and stuffed things up, uh, I think a lot of us would probably avoid some of it ourselves, um, and we'd all get a hell of a lot stronger and more resilient uh, collectively because we'd sort of share in that that group experience and and group suffering almost uh which is which is where a lot of us can draw a lot of strength from so it's kind of sad that we don't talk about that stuff more it is i I don't think any of us do that that upsets the apple cart we can't not be strong and achieving and doing amazing things in life if we're all so vulnerable Mm, just like a loss of balance Mm. so amy you guys have learned a lot. You've changed a lot. You've put a lot of cool stuff in place in the business and even personal life, you know, bought your first house as self-employed business owners. Um, how long have you had the business for now? Nine years. Nine years. So I want you to go back in time, nine years. Yeah. And, and uh, say hello to Amy nine years ago, about to embark on this journey. If you could go back and give yourself some tips or advice uh, at the start of this journey, what sort of things would you, you know, impart upon Amy nine years ago? 
the first thing I think would be to think bigger, live bigger, be bigger, don't worry about failing. You know, I was too, always wanted to be comfortable because it's easier sitting in comfort. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding out this year that it's so much better not being comfortable. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm still learning and I'm still, <laughs> definitely still growing with that one. Um, but it would be to ask for help back then to admit that I'd, I, mean, I, I knew that I didn't know anything, but to actually find the help and, mm. and not be worried about looking like, you know, we were out of our depth because if we'd have gotten this help nine years ago, you know, I can't imagine where we would be now. Mm. So yeah, definitely ask for help. There's always somebody that will help. It's just that, People don't like to offer it unless they've been asked. And I've found, especially in the drawing board, everybody wants to help you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's asking for help is just like giving everyone else permission to share. Yes. You know, it's, it's not actually saying that, oh, I'm broken and shit house and, you know, can you fix it for me? It, it actually just, I feel, gives other people permission to share their own lessons. Yes. And then we can all learn from that. So it's fantastic. Uh, insight, Amy. Thank you. And here you were worried about today's episode. <laughs> I <Amy>. know. <laughs> and you're crushing it like everything oh. else that you're working on. So, yeah, no, I'm still nervous as hell. That's okay. What happens when you get out of your own way, though, Amy? Good stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> How, how's that yeah. book coming along, Coxie? Uh, Amy and Brendan get a whole chapter. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, well, um, Amy, I'm just really happy for you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't do the favorites thing, but I love hearing, <laughs> uh, your story shares in the groups and I love seeing your comments online. It's like, to me, you epitomize someone who's really faced up to your fears. I mean, you've said about being nervous today and you're still doing the episode. So, you know, props to you on that one, but you really do. I think represent a lot of people and a lot of women out there who have that self doubt, who aren't sure if they're fit enough, ready to do business enough, you know, worthy of the business manager title or whatever the heck it is. You know, I I think you really do represent for a lot of women and, and a lot of people in business out there that, as you said, you know, if you just embrace the fear, um, good stuff happens when you get out of your own way in that regard. So, uh, I'd have to say you're one of my favorite clients. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's, yeah. I've put got that on that your website. Recording of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put got that, definitely put it up on the website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can snip it and, and share it to the rest of your board members. Look, see, I told you, I told you. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> You know better than everybody else. But uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I know we maybe, you know, shoehorned you in and uh, (laughs) took you outside your comfort zone again. Um, But thank you so much for for sharing, Amy. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank you for forcing me into it because I never would have done it otherwise. I'm so pleased that you came today. You gave so much information as usual, as is your generous spirit. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amy. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. 
Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.